2: connecting with all of you yay what a fabulous show we've got planned for you guys today as you could see we've got the dogs in the house today <laughs> just 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 ushering this show in i love it i love it when our animal friends show up and they're like i yeah. want to be part of this yeah, i want to be part of this <laughs> let me be part of this so today i am so thrilled yeah are you guys ready america nation of goddess. The Venus Families and the Founding of the United States. Authors Janet Walter and Alan Butler are going to be popping in here. We're going to be talking with them about that. But you know, what is it about that energy and that vibe? What is that? It's so very cool. Now, totally unrelated, but I want to bring it up. Um, in my past life, I think, or Benny, you, you're going to love this, right, Benny? It it, it, one of the transitions that I made in this life about what did I want to do, one of the things I actually did do for a really short period of time when I moved to Seattle is I designed tattoos. Now, why am I even bringing that up? Uh, And I'll tell you why I'm bringing it up. Because in that mode, what I found was one of the most interesting requests that we had or that I got was for designing tattoos in the uh, arena of goddess tattoos. And it's so interesting that I'm going to be talking with Jan and Alan today about this particular topic, because there is, I believe, in this country, we have this, uh, how should I say it? obsession with goddess-like energy that we don't really want to talk about very much. As so far so that last night, and I love to watch some of these Ink Master, you know, television shows, really, because I'm telling you, you know, that is a, a path that I actually did not get to follow. And what do you think they had to do? Well, goddess tattoos. So if, in fact, we are so seriously obsessed with the idea of this from many, many walks of life. What is it that we are going to talk about today to look at the true history of the United States? How might that be different than what the world actually knows today? And what is it about ourselves, you know, that we have so not wanted to talk about? You know, this idea, this energy around how things in this country have been formed, have been created. You know, everything from our architecture to our energy to television shows in our pop culture, if you guys can even believe it, television shows in our pop culture that literally, literally talk about embedding in the skin pictures of goddesses. So everybody today, uh, fasten your seatbelts for uh, a, a great conversation, an introduction, you know, to two folks that are taking the, you know, this level of awareness and conversation to the forefront. Janet is, you know, is somebody from, first of all, let's talk about it. When you have a background, other than the way that you're talking about things, you have to know it's a calling. And so here she is coming to the forefront, you know, background in retail, but a lifelong interest in history. How is it, though, that she's come to the forefront to be able to talk about that? You're going to hear from her. You're going to hear about her journey and you're going to hear about her connection to history. Alan is a writer, research from North of England, professional career spanning 30 years over 20 books to talk about prehistory to delve into the mysteries of of humanity and today's show is about the fabulous book America and it is America nation of the goddess the Venus families and the founding of the United States Alan Butler Janet Walton joining me here today Janet Alan welcome to the show
3: thank you thank you great to be Uh, here
2: it's great to have you here. Now, I'm not sure Alan's here, so let we're going to kick it off with you for a minute. Um, okay. I, I, I thought about this, and I thought about, oh, my gosh, how does someone like Janet show up in life, touch upon the many, many aspects that we call a career, to ultimately sit down and be able to write a book, uh, Nation of the Goddess, and go uh, show to show Travel around, talk about it, and so I want to know from you, Janet, mm-hmm. what is it that you had to move beyond? What did you have to say yes to in your life to show up as a spokesperson for American Nation of God of the Goddess?
3: <laughs> well, part of it is just uh, where I am in life, the stage of life. I've raised two children with my husband Scott, and. Our kids are now adults, and our daughter is the youngest, is um, in college. So I have time. What a luxury. Yeah. But, you know, isn't it interesting,
2: though, because, you know, your journey along the way as well, though, had to do with I I introduced you as somebody that started out in retail. That's right. But somehow the universe connected you in a way that could tap you on the shoulder to gain this interest in the topic that we're talking about today.
3: Well, that's right. And that actually started with my husband, Scott, who is Scott Walter, who has a television program on History Channel called America Unearthed. And um, before that even started the show, about 15 years ago, as a forensic geologist, he was brought an artifact into his lab, and it was called the Kensington Ruin Stone. Have you ever heard of that, Pat? Yeah,
2: yeah, but many okay. of our listeners may not have.
3: Right. So that's a it's a stone tablet that is self dated by the carver at thirteen sixty two, and that was before Columbus by about one hundred and fifty years. So. Um, That was brought to him in his lab to examine because the people who had found it back in 1898 here in Minnesota, a farmer found it, dug it up, clearing his land. And people for all these years have thought that this tablet, which is carved in Norse ruins, is a fraud, that it was perpetrated by the farmer. Mm. And so Scott was taking a look at it, didn't know anything about it and found that geologically speaking it absolutely is authentic the the carvings are very very old and he was able to to do that using different tests and looking at it microscopically and comparing it to tombstones of a known age so that's what got scott and i started on this whole journey of hidden history in america
2: well, I, you know, what I love about this is how sometimes the universe will connect the dots in ways that we can't. And, you know, the whole idea about talking about America, nation of the goddess, for some people, that is an introduction into a new paradigm of sorts. And, you know, that's why I'm excited about this, because when we think about the goddess, right, you know, people don't say, oh, yes, America. Right. They, right. they, they, they go to, oh, let's go to Greece. Right? Or, let, right or let's, exactly. let's just, right so isn't this really a uh, a revelation of sorts
3: it, it is and it should be for most people but it, it really goes back to what we're talking about in the subtitle the venus families yep. who we believe many of our founding fathers were part of the venus families both hereditarily and also just um you know, with who they, the, the circles they ran in, so to speak. So what we're talking about here is really a group of families that go back for many, many hundreds of generations to an ancient time when the goddess was paramount yeah. and, and in fact equal to the male god, you know, mother earth, father, son, going way, way back, going back to the Egyptians, going back to the Greeks, the, the mysteries of Demeter, she was paramount. And then, unfortunately, the, the Romans came along and, being very patriarchal, tipped everything out of balance again. Yeah. So things had to go underground to keep this faith alive. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, this is why this is
2: really such a, a, an interesting, interesting book from many, many different perspectives. And, you know, what is it about the conversation of American nature of uh, nation of goddesses or nature of the goddess, nation mm-hmm. of the goddess? Mm-hmm. Do we as Americans want to shy away from? Let's take a short break when we come back. We'll be talking with Janet. We'll be talking with Alan and all of you. We've got copies of the book to give away. Uh, stay tuned, everybody. We'll be right back.
0: Tell me how I'm supposed to breathe with no air. air.
3: Awaken to your radiant, authentic self. For over 15 years, Soul Purpose Advocate Nancy Monson has been focused on leading change in the lives of those looking to live their true purpose. She is devoted to supporting people in living a soul directed life every day. Let Nancy help you overcome fear, worry, and doubt. Visit EverydaySpirituality.com to learn how Nancy can be your Soul Purpose Advocate.
0: Naturopathic doctor, founder of the Martha's Vineyard Holistic Retreat, and author of the New York Times bestseller 21 Pounds in 21 Days, Dr. Ronnie Deleuze has helped tens of thousands of people, including celebrities and athletes, with her message of lifestyle change. Now, Dr. Ronnie Deleuze wants to help you. You too can be saved. Email Dr. Ronnie Deleuze at info at on radio.com and visit mvholisticretreat.com. Dr. Ronnie Deleuze, your partner in wellness.
2: everybody welcome back so great to have janet talking with us today uh and we are talking about america nation of the goddess the venus families and the founding of the united states for those of you out there this fabulous book and i love that there's so much in here that many of us don't even know don't even understand and we're going to actually give away copies of the book benny today uh but before we do Uh, Janet, it's so great to have you on the show. It's so great to be having this conversation with you. I mean, there are so many places we can start. But I want to start with the idea of the Venus families, because many people are clearly not familiar with that term at all. And I think that that is a really good place for us to start and talk about what that actually means. The Venus families, what are they?
3: Yes. Uh, well, like I said earlier, they are an ancient group of families going back hundreds of generations that have attempted to keep alive an ancient faith where the goddess was paramount. Um, the The Romans really caused things to get tipped out of balance, being the patriarchal society that they were. And the, these people had to go underground to keep their faith alive and were looking for ways to bring it back, and of course during medieval times in Europe, they were squelched by feudalistic society. Feudalistic society, of course, being the monarchs of Europe, where everyone was beholden to someone above them. And then, of course, they, needed, they wanted to practice their own faith as well, so that was the reason they were looking for somewhere else to go, essentially, which we think they came over here, to America to form a new place, a new country, a place where they could be free from feudalistic society and be able to practice whatever religion they felt they wanted to, this goddess veneration.
1: I couldn't agree more, Janice.
3: Oh, 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 great. Alan, great. Good good to
2: have you both here. Um, you know, and I think this is really the opening of a conversation about, well, you know, maybe you can keep a person down or you can keep a movement down, but you can't keep the keep it invisible. So, you know, having said that, uh, here we are today talking about it, you know, and this is really part of the conversation. It's really what has been the influence then of of this particular, what I like to call, uh, movement, energy, existence in in how it affects the United States. Alan, great to have you here.
1: It's lovely to be with you, Pat, uh, after a, a bit of a struggle. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think um, uh, Janice has probably already explained. I couldn't hear the conversation that went on before, but um, I think the United States has been pivotally important to these no. people because yeah, it seems to me that they tried really, really hard to build, if you like, their new Jerusalem in the old world. But I think it gradually became evident to them that that was not going to work at all. There was too much religious vested interest on this side of the Atlantic. Um, And also, we're quite well aware that um, the existence of America was known to people uh, a very long time ago. So they probably always, uh, from the 12th century on, had their eyes fixed on the possibility of uh, of starting again in the United States, in, in what is now the United States. And I think that's exactly what they did in the end.
2: Yeah. And, you know, it, isn't it interesting, though, because there have been, you know, throughout history, times where we have tried to or have attempted to silence, uh, you know, silence people, silence things that were so meant to emerge. And yet, We're finding now over and over again that you, you know, that's really not possible. It's really not possible to create a complete obliteration of people, of movements, of energies, of life force. And so the question then becomes is how does, how does, you know, the goddess start to emerge in America, where does this begin and where where are the first places that we can see this from from your you know from what you've you've both discovered?
1: I but, think that uh, we can say with some certainty that the first yeah. time uh, that the Americans um, and that the Venus families in America are willing to absolutely show their hand uh, is probably with the foundation of Washington DC um, a city which is replete with goddess images and in which all of the ancient knowledge that these people carried with them is incorporated into the very structure of the city. But, of course, it's to be seen everywhere. It was a uh, a multifaceted effort on their behalf. Um, But even when they got to America, I think, while ever Britain was still in charge, while ever England was still in charge, uh, they had to keep a a fairly low profile. Um, But... Um, if we take the the research of uh, Janet's husband, Scott, yeah. a, a lot of the structures he's finding from very early on, uh, some of the structures in New England, for example, have this strong feminine overtone. Yeah. So I think it was there all along, but it really shows itself uh, when the Americans get together, kick the British out and start to plan their own destiny and particularly their own capital city. Yes, yeah. I
3: would agree. I would agree.
2: Well, Janet, yeah. let me ask you this then, too, because we know in our history here what happens when the goddesses appear and how threatening that energy has become. I mean, not that we haven't seen this all over the world, but in particular, we point to Salem, for example. You know, we point to places where the, you know, the 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 attempt to really... Uh, squash, the emergence here, was made over and over and over again, yet here we are
3: talking about it, right? That's right. That's right. You know, and I, I think a lot of it comes from the fact that women are the life givers. It's where life comes from the female. Mother Earth gives birth in the spring to all the new vegetation. And frankly, there are some cultures where the male needs to be the dominant sex and um as women have the power to give life that was threatening i think in some cultures
1: i think it's also true to say um Pat, that the manifestation of um the goddess as being integral to the running of the new jerusalem if you want to call it that yeah. really starts to show itself with the first american constitution um in order to get rid of things like Salem and, and all the difficulties that came from the Puritans and the other people who first came to America in the, you know, 15th, 16th century, um, you first of all have to abandon what has been up till that point in time, orthodox religion. And that is precisely what the American Constitution does, because it says in letters 10 miles high, you can believe what you want, but you can't run this nation.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, this is really so absolutely exciting because, you know, as we go through the book, and for those of you just tuning in here, both Alan Butler and Janet Janet Walter joining me here today, America, Nation of the Goddess, we're going to be giving copies of the book away. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, you know, both Alan and Janet are going to take us on a journey. You know, what are some of these structures? What can we point to? that are so absolutely prominent here in America and what are these structures and what what happens with us when we look at them what do we sense what do we feel and by the way what have each of each of them discovered in in the founding of the United States let's take a short break everyone when we come back we're going to give away 3 copies of the book stay tuned everybody we'll be right back
0: Are you and your family looking for one manageable lifestyle change that will positively impact your health? Look no further. That change begins inside your drinking glass. Learn how to put a lid on junk drinking by sipping from a recipe collection of colorful, fresh, tasty, wholesome fruit and vegetable blends. Get your copy now of Sip the Garden. Fun, easy drinks for a healthier family by Team Carrie Mitchell. Visit lifestyle120.com for information on how to order.
3: Transformation Talk Radio is dedicated to the education and awareness of Lyme disease. Hey,
2: everybody. Welcome back to Lyme Talk Radio. I'm Dr. Pat, joined
3: here by Dr. Nusheen Darvish. Dr. Pat Basili and Dr. Nusheen Darvish will be bringing the most innovative, groundbreaking information, research treatment innovations, and stories from those it affects every day.
2: I'm so excited to be talking about this.
3: We have so much to share. Dr. Darvish and I are planning to do is connect the dots. People suffering with all sorts of chronic diseases, it's time. It is time for them to transform. Tune into Lime Talk Radio and help keep our mission strong.
2: For the loyal listeners out there that have been listening to this incredible show on Lyme disease, we are not going to let you down. We're going to come through stronger and enrich the platform for Lyme disease awareness through Lyme Talk Radio. The message will continue. The conversations will become stronger and the healing epic.
0: What if your body and mind were the compasses to the secrets, mysteries, and magic of life? Glenna Rice, co-host of The Questionable Parent, is inviting you to access all that is possible. Glenna is a 10-year certified veteran access consciousness facilitator who offers an amazing variety of life-changing classes and workshops. Work with Glenna from anywhere, with teleclasses and workshops all over the globe. To learn more and see Glenna's current schedule of events, classes, and workshops, visit GlennaRice.com. Join the Pacific Northwest EFT Tappers at the 6th Annual Tappers Gathering March 19th at Bastyr University in Seattle. You will learn EFT applications, forge a strong community, and share healing stories. The event raises money and awareness for EFT tapping scientific research. Net proceeds go to our 501c3 nonprofit to further prove the efficacy of EFT. Bring your cards and information for a fun and inspiring day of networking. Visit nwtappersgathering.com or call 360-661-6877. Leslie Fontaine is a transformation catalyst and clairvoyant who uses her intuitive and energetic gifts to catapult listeners into living the life they were born to live. Whether it's shifting from scarcity to abundance, from emotional pain into joy, or from illness into health, Leslie will help you step into the true essence and power of all that you are with the help of the Ascended Masters and Archangels. You will not be the same. Visit Transformation Talk Radio For show dates and times, and lesliefontaine.com to say yes to explosive abundance.
2: Hey, everybody, welcome back. You know, I'm so thrilled to be talking with Janet and Alan here today. But before we kind of jump into stuff, we have three copies of the book that we want to give away. Uh, For those of you out there, uh, we have a toll free number 1-800-930-2819. 1-800-930-2819. Just give us a call and we'll give these away one at a time. First caller. Uh, Benny, you will be able to connect with Benny and say hi. Uh, For those of you out there that want to find out more, you can go to nationofthegoddess.com. Nationofthegoddess.com. You can find out how to get your own copy of the book. I have found, uh, thank you both for joining me here today, I have found this book to be absolutely fascinating. You know, it is where I'm looking at something and I said, I had no idea. And so I would love for you both to take us on a journey as to what you have actually found. And some people like to call it evidence. They like to call it symbols, but what have you found in, in
3: certain cities across the land here?
1: Shall we start with Washington, Janet? Yes,
3: yes. I think definitely Washington DC.
1: Okay. Sweet.
3: And I, I, the first thing I would say about Washington DC is that it's, so beautiful and so classic. It's just the white marble everywhere, the goddess statues are all over the place. It's, um, it, it's gorgeous. And of course, the one thing that you see when you get to the city is the Washington Monument towering above everything else. And we found some fascinating things associated with that. Alan, why don't you jump in here?
1: Okay. Um, one of the things that came to light, first of all, in our research, Um, and even before John and I got together, uh, there's a huge park just south of the White House in Washington, D.C., which is called Ellipse Park. Now, this has very particular measurements which relate to an ancient measuring system which was used when places like Stonehenge were built. This we had already discovered, and we also discovered that there are patterns using the same system of measurements, radiating out, radiating out, From the center of the ellipse and that gave us the idea that it was obviously very important now Janet and I started to look at the Washington Monument because by any stretch of the imagination it must be considered to be a phallic structure Ah. and we wondered if there was any association between the Washington Monument and the ellipse in other words did the ellipse represent the presence of the goddess because it's there on the ground it's on the earth And did the uh, Washington Monument represent the power coming down from above? Because you cannot have the god without the goddess. You cannot have the goddess without the god. And there is this yearly cycle of regeneration happening year in and year out. So we took a very close look at the Washington Monument and we discovered something quite incredible. When the Washington Monument was built, it was built in such a way and in such a place that at certain specific times of the year, and all of the dates involved are significant dates in the year, the shadow of the Washington Monument can be seen to go to a specific place. Now, there are many of these, and you'll find these on our website and also in the book, but one that is particularly important with regard to this present conversation takes place in December, on December the 21st. That is the one day in the year when the tip of the shadow of the Washington Monument breaks into the outer ring of the ellipse. It doesn't happen on any other time. And um, I wasn't there, unfortunately, to see it, but Janet and Scott, they were there, they saw it, they photographed it. Um, And we take this to represent the fact that, um, symbolically, this is the, the conjoining, the union of the god and goddess which allows this yearly celebration to happen. Jealous?
3: Yes, and, oh. it, and it's the day of the year that it happens, Pat, December 21st, the winter yeah. solstice, the shortest, darkest day of the year. And what happens after that? The sun becomes become, starts coming back again, right? Right. So, so again, you have this, this regeneration of, of life, this resurrection of the sun and and to be there and see that was i have to say it still gives me goosebumps it it was profound and you if you stand at the bottom of the ellipse the southern part it's it's a parking lot right to the south of it but if you look up at the washington monument the sun appears as though it is sitting right on top of the monument it is spectacular
1: we have the most beautiful picture in our book which yeah. um, Janet and Scott took on that particular day of the sun sitting fair and square on the top of the point of the Washington Monument.
2: Oh, yeah. It is absolutely off the charts. I mean, that's what I'm saying about the book. And for those of you out there, the first copy of the book is gone, and I'm ready to give another one away, Benny. 1-800-930-2819. 1-800-930-2819. I, I want to ask you both a question, and... Um, And we were talking about this before we actually came on. You know, I've talked about two things uh, since I've been on air. I've been doing this for 13 years. One of the things I talk about is how I ended up in Seattle. And I'm from New York. That's where I was born. That's where I was raised. Ending up in Seattle wasn't anything on my bucket list. But I ended up here. There was a draw. There is an energy here that is so goddess filled. but the And I know you you all are going to be looking at that in the future. But I want to ask you about this question. I have been in different places. And I was kind of joking with you guys about uh, Yankee Stadium in New York. There is this feeling that we get when we are at some of these places that's really hard to describe. I talked about my experience in Grand Central. But Yankee Stadium... Showing up, the first time as a kid I showed up in Yankee Stadium, it felt like coming home. I I literally think it felt like being in the womb. And I wanted to ask you about this. Does the feeling of of that kind of energy in these structures, does it it transition to people? Do we pick up on
1: this? I, I don't think, personally, that there's any doubt about it whatsoever. No more than I think there's anything... Um, unusual about the fact that you found yourself drawn to Seattle (laughs) Uh, you know we don't Janet and I look hard to find our evidence but sometimes we don't have to look hard at all and Janet will bear this out sometimes it just comes and hits us on the head
3: (laughs) it does after a while you start getting a feel as you said and and knowing what to look for and it it's hard to explain but we, we have a feel now for what the Venus families were doing and how they hid things in plain sight. And we, we do find their clues, if you will, around the country. And you're right about baseball is, is uh, definitely related to this. The diamond, as we all know, that's what we call baseball fields, or diamonds, is definitely a goddess shape. It represents Mother Earth. And there's a lot of Freemasonic symbolism within baseball. The square and compass emblem of Freemasonry is part of what you see when you look at a baseball diamond. Yeah. With, with yeah. the base lines and such. And there's many numerical associations with that as well, such as three strikes, three outs, <laughs> three times three is nine. Those are all important numbers within Freemasonry. Yeah.
1: We also, we also talk a great deal to each other in our book about thinking of uh, situations and places like the skins of an onion, you know? You yes. see the Yankee Stadium and you think, oh, this is a baseball stadium, which of course it is. But yeah. then you have to start to ask yourself, what else is it? And as you peel back the layers of that onion, you start to get closer and closer to what is actually going on. To the extent there is so much goddess influence in baseball stadiums that we talk about a temple in every town as far as America is concerned.
3: That's right. Yeah. That's
2: right. I, and you know what? Here, I love this. And I love the pictures in the book. And by the way, the second book is gone. I'd love to give away the final book, the third book, one 800 uh, Okay. I love symbols. I And there are so many things that, you know, in my lifetime, I have not been able to explain. Let me just give you one short example. I mean in the central part of New Jersey, where I I also live, my best friend lives there, uh, we wake up one day and we walk out to the backyard. and, And I mean, honestly, this is in a place in the burbs in Jersey. And in the backyard, there is a perfectly formed circle, perfectly formed. Now this is not a show about crop circles or anything like that, but perfectly formed circle that nobody can explain. And I wanted to ask you, we see the circle symbolic of it over and over and over again, the Oval White House. I mean, so many things we see, you know, our stadiums are, are formed in that way, as you pointed out. And I wanted to ask you about the sacred geometry of that and how that can be then linked back to the times where we look at goddesses, goddess energy and the symbolism, everything from raw to, you know, we can move forward and look at how we're using it even in our contemporary ar- our architecture. So what is it about the, the, the circle that we are so fascinated by and, and does it relate to a specific goddess?
1: Um, we, we call the goddess, the goddess of a thousand names. Yes. Because she appears so frequently throughout ancient and more modern history. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and wherever you find the goddess, you find the circle. Um, I think even the the uh, ancient Greeks, for example, that were not really so ancient in terms of what we're talking about, they saw it because they saw the circle as being absolute perfection. Um, and, of course, and unless you get this alliance between the god and the goddess, unless you get this continued cycle, and the word cycle, you see, indicates circle, unless you get that, then you don't have... Uh, equivocality, if you like. You don't have things working the way they should work. And I think we are automatically drawn to circles. Um, I think it's written into us. that We we just don't know why, but it's there. And always the goddess is associated.
2: Yes. I mean, here we are, and we're looking at every day, every day, uh, uh, occurrences, shall we call it, of places that we bump into, and we don't quite know how to understand it. I want to ask you both, each of you, this question separately. Um, I would love to know what your most uh, OMG experience was. You know, meaning your, oh, oh, look what we just discovered
3: experience. I'd love to hear from each of you. Janet, what's yours? I would have to say when when Scott and I went out to Washington, D.C. to verify that what we thought was happening with the shadow play of the monument was, was actually happening. Because, yeah. as you know, if you're proposing something, you have to go out in the field and test it. So Alan had been using um, software to determine where the shadow would fall along the National Mall at these different sites. But we wanted to go out and test it and uh as i explained first of all on that first day when we were on the ground and we could see the sun sitting on top of the monument that was spectacular but then the next day we went up in the monument Uh and looked out from the windows up there toward the ellipse and waited for the shadow to come out and it was a cloudy day and we knew what time it had to come out right around eleven o'clock in the morning and we waited and waited and the The sun was just not coming out, and Scott walked away from the window. He had given up, and I stayed a few more minutes, and I stood there, and I said, come on, just give me a glimpse. Let me just see that shadow for a minute. And boom, it came out. And it was like this ghostly apparition that just extended from the base of the monument right up to the ellipse, and it was spectacular.
2: Yeah, yeah. Incredible, the way you've captured that. I mean, it really is just
3: incredible. Yeah, there were many wow moments, but that was one of them for me.
1: I think one of my greatest um, OMG moments really came as a result of Janet's persistence. Janet has a knowing knack of hitting on things without necessarily knowing in the first place why she thinks they're important, but she just feels that they are. It's the same sort of feeling that you were talking about a minute ago, Pat. Yeah. And one of Janet's feelings related to probably what is one of the smallest, the most insignificant buildings in Washington, D.C. It's called the Summer House, and it's in the grounds of the Capitol. It is a tiny little building that was built back in the uh, 19th century. And ostensibly, all it is for is for tired people to sit down and put the feet up, But when you really start to look at it, when you start to take it to pieces mathematically and see what it can do, then it becomes not the most insignificant, but probably the most important building in the whole of Washington DC. we are got to mention a lot more about that on our website, and already yeah. we've started to do so. So people can look at that for themselves. But the tiniest thing can turn out to be the most significant. Um, And thank goodness for Janet's persistence in not letting me let go of it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I I have to tell you that what I am really most struck by, and I would be absolutely, I, I, I don't even want to imagine the emails I'm going to get from our New York listeners here if I don't talk about this. But the obvious, the obvious, and that is the Statue of Liberty. And, you know, and you can say, Okay, everybody, yeah, Statue of Liberty, we all know it. But that's really not my question for each of you. My question is, I believe we can point to a lot of structures, certainly the pyramid. certainly a lot of structures, but the Statue of Liberty has become so symbolic and almost instantaneously so, immediately so, touching the lives of so many people. I wanted to know how each of you explain that.
3: Well, I, it is absolutely the icon of America across the world that that statue is absolutely gorgeous and we found some other things in New York City that led us to believe they point directly to that statue. So, it is a symbol of the goddess, it is a symbol of the goddess Columbia which is America's goddess and uh, it, it absolutely is is you're right Pat you hit the nail on the head
1: there, there is a, another aspect to this as well which we find fascinating yeah we tried to put ourselves in the position of an alien who comes down to earth and who takes a trip around in his or her <laughs> flying saucer yeah and comes across um the statue of liberty and they look at this What are they going to think to themselves? There is barely a bigger or more significant um, (laughs) pseudo-religious statue on the face of the planet. Right, right. It's going to say a great deal to them about what is important to us. And although what we're talking about now was not specifically of importance to us when the Statue of Liberty was built, the people who built it knew that one day it would be so. So what I'm saying is, She was relevant, but she becomes more and more relevant with every passing day.
2: Yes. Can I talk about that for a minute? Because out of the many, many structures that I I have been drawn to over my life, you know, statues, uh, just beautiful figures carved out of granite, you know, that is the one for me that I think about. And I think about the Venus energy. And I know you're referring to, in the book, the Venus families. I want to talk about Venus. Just that word alone, Venus, when we say Venus. There are, I mean, pop songs have been written about Venus. Number one, top billboard, top selling, you know, who doesn't know Venus? But yet, it is such a powerful energy. How does it show up? in, you know, what we're talking about here today. Some people believe Venus is actually misunderstood more so
3: than even Athena, but I'd love to hear from you both.
0: Well, Venus,
1: sorry, Janet, go ahead.
3: Oh, well, I was just gonna say, first, you need to understand a little bit about the actual planet Venus and its movement in the sky, because that is why it's so venerated as a symbol of the goddess. Venus is a morning star for part of the year and an evening star for part of the year because its it, its path is between us and the sun. So it's, it's unique that way, and, and so is Mercury, but we don't see Mercury as visibly as we do Venus because it's closer to us. But Venus has always been known by the ancient cultures as the consort of the sun. Because when she's a morning star, she rises a couple of hours before the sun, is very prominent. And when she's an evening star, she always follows the sun a couple of hours after it sets. Hmm. And it's an amazing relationship. And she also, in her eight-year cycle, makes a perfect pentagram in the sky if you were to track it. Which is why the pentagram is a symbol of the goddess. But of course... It was demonized
1: by the wrong right. right. So also, let's talk about,
2: we have a few minutes left, and I, yeah, go ahead, Alan, I'm sorry.
1: Uh, I was just about to mention, when we're talking about Venus as a planet, another mm-hmm. thing we have to remember is that our truly ancient ancestors had their own um, integrated measuring system, which was used in, in the building, for example, of Washington, D.C., because mm-hmm. it's never been mm-hmm. forgotten. And the whole basis of that measuring system relies upon observations of the planet Venus. So she's important um, from a mathematical point of view, but perhaps even more important from a spiritual point of view because of what she represents in the minds of people.
2: Yeah, Uh, and uh, are we surprised or, or do you find people surprised? Let me ask this question. Do you find folks, I, but my gosh, this hour has flown by. Do you find folks surprised about how you are and what you are presenting in the book? What has been the response to American
3: Nation of the Goddess? What, what has been the response? Uh, I would say it's, it has been some, some surprise, but at the same time, people realize it was always right there in front of them. They just didn't see it that way. These
1: different yeah, I, Janet. Janet will confirm also because she's in America all the time. Yeah, she's meeting with more and more people now, um, people who are associated with fraternities like Freemasonry, both male and female, um, who start to understand more about what they're doing because of the work that we've been doing at. And certainly, at this side of the Atlantic, there's been a tremendous amount of surprise. surprise. Yeah. Well,
2: I have to say, it's got to be exciting for each each of you each day. I, I want to ask this question. Where do we go from here? What are you planning to uh, uh, reveal to us moving forward?
1: One of the things that we really want to look at very closely in Washington, D.C. is the little summer house that I told you about before. Yeah. But mm-hmm. we need to spread our our field of research much more across the United States because both Janet and I are convinced that we've not barely scratched the surface yet.
3: That's right. That's right. There's There are many more places to see, and we, we know the Venus families were prolific throughout this country, so more to come.
2: Oh, I love it. Wow. Thank you both for joining me here today. And uh, please, oh, what what would you like to leave us with? What's your personal message?
3: And thank you so much.
1: Keep looking. Keep your eyes
3: wide open. Yes. And I would say as an American, I have a much greater appreciation for what our founding fathers were trying to preserve and the benefits they gave us as citizens, such as our right to vote. So get out there and vote this year awesome thank
2: you both for joining us here today benny thank you for pushing all the right buttons and for those of you that had tuned in a bit late uh this show will rebroadcast tonight America, nation of the goddess the venus families and the founding of the united states uh not only is there lots of so very interesting and enlightening information in here the pictures are amazing the symbolism just beautiful. And it will seriously get you to think about things differently the next time you see a picture of the Statue of Liberty. Thank you all for tuning us in, turning us on another hour with Dr. Pacho coming up a very special broadcast, very special broadcast about Lyme disease from Lyme talk radio. We'll see you next time.
0: The preceding audio was via a Skype call.